Let us pray. Lord, I pray you would move the Spirit more boldly in my life. I know that any sin can grieve and diminish the voice of the Spirit, and I pray against the temptation to sin. Help me crave your presence more than I crave sin. Help me grow in the fruit of the Spirit and so walk closer with yourself. I pray for guidance from your Spirit. Let your will and promises always be a meditation of my heart. In Jesus' name, amen. Welcome back to Teachable Moments with April. Today we're going to be reading three devotionals from Mornings with Jesus. Our first devotional is based on Colossians 2, 6 and 7. So then, just as you received Christ Jesus as Lord, continue to live your lives in Him, rooted and built up in Him, strengthened in the faith as you were taught, and overflowing with faithfulness. Ever since the spring sunshine has hit our state, the lawn in the backyard has been thriving. Its verdant growth laid me out flat after the first spring mowing. It was so tall. I had to go over it twice. When I finished, I came inside and collapsed on the couch. My 14-year-old um, Addison told me, Mom, your face is really red. And I said, too much grass. <laughs> it was all I could manage to say. But the front yard is a different story. There are patches of green woven with circles of dead grass. When we bought the house, the front yard had already been laid by the builders. The side was put directly over dense clay. In the backyard, we topped the clay with three inches of nutrient-rich topsoil before laying down the sod. The roots are digging into all that goodness. I think the front yard is jealous. When Jesus came into my life, he laid down a nutrient-rich topsoil of love and grace. With my roots dug down into him, I have access to all the richness. The richness of his mercy, his truth, and wisdom strengthens and builds me up. In him, I thrive. Anchoring myself in his amazing love leads to an overflowing of thanksgiving. He is so good, isn't he? Susanna Falk Ackman, Faith Step. Jesus wants you rooted in his love. Plant a flower in a pot. Layer the soil with rich compost. Every time you see it, lift up a prayer of thanksgiving for his work in your life. is based on the book of Lamentations 3, 21, 22, and 23. 
This I recall to my mind, therefore have I hoped. It is of the Lord's mercies that are not consumed, because his compassions fail not. They are new every morning, and great is thy faithfulness. My family went through a situation this year in which someone we trusted completely let us down. It was one of those things you think you can't possibly ever happen in a million years, <laughs> and then it does. We were blindsided. We were all hurt. But those of us closest to the situation were devastated. When something like this happens, it's natural to think, well, if that happened, anything can happen. I guess I can't trust anyone. It's probably not a healthy reaction, but it's human. When I'm shocked like this and the world seems upside down, like nothing I thought, I try to remind myself of the things I do know. It's kind of like grasping for something to hold on to in the dark. Calling those things to mind brings me hope, even if there aren't very many things I really know. But these verses and limitations speak to the few things that really matter. His compassion never fails. He is always faithful. Always faithful. That's something no human can be. Not even the best ones. Not in every possible sense of the word. We fail each other, but Jesus never does. In Matthew 28, 20, Jesus promises to be with us always. He doesn't say sometimes or most of the time or, or whatever, you know. He doesn't say, you know, all these things when he, when he feels like it or when it is convenient. He is faithful. We have hope in him because his word is always true, faithful, and trustworthy. We can depend on it. Gwen Ford Falconberry. Faith Step. Commit Lamentations 3, 21, 22, and 23 to memory so you can call it to mind when you need hope. back to Teachable Moments with April. Our last devotional is based on Isaiah 53:4. Surely he has borne our griefs and carried our sorrows, yet we esteemed him stricken, smitten by God, and afflicted. As Jesus shared his last Passover meal with his disciples, he told them distressing news. He would soon be going away. Someone in the group would betray him. Peter would disown him three times that very night. All of them would fall away and leave him alone. Then he urged them, do not let your hearts be troubled. John 14, 1. 
It seems like a strange thing to say, or rather a strange time to say it. Their minds must have been reeling, trying to make sense of the awful things he had just predicted. After his triumphal entry into Jerusalem, Jesus had confided that his soul was deeply troubled. John 12, 27. How could it be otherwise? Jesus knew full well the terrors he would soon face. The humiliation, the suffering, the agonizing death. And yet he felt concern for his disciples' well-being and sought to comfort them. When I'm really in shock from sudden trouble, the natural response would seem to be anxiety and fear. But Jesus still offers the same words of encouragement. Don't let your heart be troubled. He paid a high price so I can know supernatural peace in all circumstances, despite how impossible that sounds from a human perspective. I honor Jesus when I refuse to let anything or anyone steal the peace he gained for me. His soul was troubled, so mine doesn't have to be, regardless of what I face. Diane Neal Matthews, Faith Step. Is your heart feeling troubled? Read John 14 and list all the reasons Jesus gives for why you should not have a fearful, troubled spirit and thank him for his sacrifice. Thank you.